welcome. Welcome to another episode of Half Asian Half Hour. I am Nako Narder. I'm Emily Walborn. And we usually say title after we say our names, but I jumped the gun. I was too excited. Today's an exciting day because we're doing Saving Face today, which the Alice Wu debut film. Yeah, which neither of us had ever seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think? So this is good. We're coming. I don't know what you thought at all. You don't know what I, I know. thought at all. I. Thought it was slower than the half of it, but better. Like, I was more bored, but also more appreciative of it. Really? Like, I thought it was really beautiful. And it was like New York jazz, early 2000s. It felt very like When Harry Met Sally, Center Stage, Sex in the City. Kind of that era of like autumn in New York mm-hmm. and it was all Asian women. And no white characters and one black character. So I was like, this is just like, aesthetically, I'm really digging this. Love the clothes. Love the hair. Mm-hmm, love the music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I just kept, it took me uh, like two sittings. I had a hard time getting through it. I kept getting bored. Because it would be really, the dialogue was really funny. But then they would have these really long stretches of just like beautiful cinematography. But I was just like. Let's let's move it along. Wow, interesting. I you? I loved it. <gasps> well, I really liked it. I was like hooked. Um, and I think when they were like the shots of New York, and then I just saw the Asian names mm-hmm. in the opening credit, and I was like, yeah. hell yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, I. The- half hour I texted my sister and I was like you and mom gotta watch this it's dope and then by the time I finished the movie I was like actually don't watch it you guys are gonna like it but I, I thought it was an incredibly strong beginning yeah that's interesting yeah I mean I I was into it I, I think I kind of like those kind of um, indie movies though I, mm-hmm. I like love a uh, mm-hmm. indie movie that's funny and has drama mm-hmm. and um, there's romance. It oh. had everything that I love, and oh. I sometimes I'm just really in like a small indie indie movie vibe that mm-hmm. I love to just like lock into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I I definitely see your side too. Of like, it was slow at times for sure. Definitely like it a slow burner. It was. It also felt kind of I something I have discovered about myself recently is. I kind of struggle with movies about parent relationships to parents. Um, I don't know. I think that is just such a everyone's relationship with their parents is so different that I find that less relatable Mm -hmm. than something that's about like dating or friendship or work. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's like a bulk of this movie Um, because it felt very Gilmore Girls to me of this like generational like. And I know you love Gilmore Girls. Um, and I think for the same reason, I was not able to finish that show. Even though I think it's good. I just am like, I, anytime it's about talking to your parents, I have such a hard time. Um, and that's not a criticism of Alice Wu at all in her filmmaking skills. That is, you know, an observation about myself as a, a consumer. Fair enough. Yeah, I am, you know, you know me. I'm one of the biggest Gilmore Girls stands in, in the world. So is my mom. And, uh, yeah, I definitely got Gilmore Girl vibes from this for sure. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and hey, could very well be why I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it is up your alley, I think, and it makes a lot of sense that, yeah, that it, it, this is like a movie made for you. Yeah, I was like, uh, really, I had no, really no idea what it was about. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I was surprised that it was like half in Mandarin and yeah. oh, that was really cool. Totally. Um, yeah, it was like the yeah. farewell 15 years before the farewell came out. I know. And I think it's so interesting that um, in some of the stuff I was reading about it, people were like, uh, it's you know, it was the first Hollywood-backed, Asian-centered movie since mm-hmm. the Joy Luck Club. And I was like, that's so crazy. Why was that left out of the conversation for Crazy Rich? Um, for Crazy Rich. I mean, Crazy Rich, I think, is probably more on the scale of Joy Luck Club in terms of budget mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. box office and, like, mm-hmm. theatrical run. Mm-hmm. And Saving Face is definitely more uh, like The Farewell in that it's more of an indie has more of an indie theatrical release. I think it was in like a max of 50 to 60 theaters. Mm-hmm. So. That's yeah. Probably why. Yeah. And it, it, I could definitely, see, I saw a lot of parallels between this and the half of it. Like, um, was that the main characters? Like you could almost think like the girl from the half of it, like, leaves and goes to New York and then this is her life like they were really similar characters like very bookish um and I also noticed in both scenarios I thought that the main character in Saving Face was like if I were friends with the girl she was dating I'd be like this girl is not treating you right like yeah I know which is like anti-hero like absolutely we should be giving queer Asian women space to mess up in relationships like that from a viewing point like yes tell the story this is very cool um but I was like I'm having a hard time rooting for this person who is just like consistently not being nice (laughs) to their girlfriend and I, I I feel like she was treating her that way because she felt like her girlfriend was beautiful so was she but her girlfriend was like traditionally femininely beautiful and like a ballerina and so I think she was like oh well she's sort of like above me in she kind of put her on a pedestal that allowed her to be like so I'm not punching down if I'm being mean to her like because she's so much prettier or like feminine or confident like basically because she's outgoing like I can be a little bit rude to her is sort of how it felt and I kind of felt that way with Ellie Chu and Astor Flores of she was like sort of Mm -hmm. idealizing Astor Flores as this like western beauty like confident popular girl and so it's okay if she is like lying to this girl because she sees herself as like the Mm -hmm. underdog interesting I I definitely agree like at at one point Jordan and I were like she is a terrible girlfriend yeah (laughs) but uh (laughs) But I also think, like, I never saw her as being rude. I saw her more as, like, she uh, just wasn't, like, secure, you know, in yeah. her sexuality yeah. and, then and like, coming out and being oh. public with the girlfriend. And I think, like, um, 
I was also at one point in that scene where like she is in six surgeries or something back to back, and then and then it's and then it's um her girlfriend's birthday, mm-hmm. and she gets mad at her for not showing up to the party on time. Mm-hmm. But I was I was kind of thinking she's a surgeon. I mean, <laughs> she's like yeah. saving people's lives, and she's got a lot of personal shit going on. Yeah. So give her a break. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That is a very good point. Because at but a certain point, much, I was thinking she has so much going on. Her mom—I mean, her family's going through so much. Her mom and yeah, her mom's almost, like, yeah. I think there was so much going on. It almost made it harder to keep. Like I thought that the mom's storyline was really interesting, um, and her dating was really interesting. And, like, her dynamic with her male friends, like, either her neighbor or, like, the guys that she would meet at the, like, Chinese get-togethers. Like, these were three kind of separate stories that I was, like, I would watch a full movie of any one mm-hmm. of these things. Um, and I think they could have been braided together a little bit more gracefully, which I think I did sort of see the half of it as being an improvement on that. Of Like, she started, she's getting more skillful at taking, like, a bunch of storylines and weaving them together. That is fascinating because I think it's the opposite. <gasps> Whoa. I think that like in the half of it, there was so much going on that I was having a hard time mm-hmm. kind of seeing it all be put together. But in this one, I was, I saw, okay, her relationship, her relationship with her mom, what's going on with her mom. They were as, like, the main threads, and I felt like she really explored those more fully in this movie Mm. and connected them together and how they are all relating to her and her life and affecting Mm -hmm. everything else better Mm -hmm. than um, what was happening to Ellie in the half of it. Yeah, that... I think that does make sense, actually. I think maybe it just felt more cohesive to me because in, like, a high school or small town setting, it's easier for me to be, like, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on, so I'll just remember that. Whereas something that is set in New York and also everyone knows each other and, like, has a relationship with everyone else in the care. I guess you're right. Like, it was so much better. It was a tighter web. Totally. But I I definitely see your point because I think – it was definitely it's definitely more contained in the half of it and i think that's where some of my disconnect with it was is that it should be so contained and we should see how everything's affecting everything but i felt like it was a little bit disconnected for me but okay i think you know we had different reads of that movie too so that's true yeah i and this really would like it was a very funny movie, like you said. I wrote down some of the lines. Like, the, like, aunties, or just, like, the older women in her life. Like, mm-hmm. the woman who's like, uh, this is nothing compared to war. Like, I had a pair <laughs> like those during the revolution. I guess that wasn't really a joke, but that was more just, like, there's an entire generation of women, of people, um, or not even, I don't even mean that. Immigrants come to this country, and they just have these, like, really different experiences that we only learned about through history books. We very rarely even ask them for their accounts of it. Um, And like to them, it is just another thing that they lived through and another way that they look at stuff of like, 
know, while they were going through uh, the revolution, they were still young women. They were still interested in fashion and like magazines or whatever. Um, yeah. And if I had watched this in 2005 or whenever it came out, I definitely would have been like, I have never even thought <laughs> that this was something you could notice and put on a movie. Yeah. I think um, <laughs> one of my favorite scenes was when her mom was um, looking for a movie. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. I yeah. thought that still rang pretty true, except that they it would be a bunch of crazy rich DVDs as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I was reading about, about the making of it, and it's pretty interesting i mean she got hooked up with will smith is a producer on this movie which is fun because she won a competition um that was where she met his um teddy z his uh at the time president of his production company and then he was working with sony and um he had a dinner with it was like a, it's like a, I think he said it was a um, Asian American uh, group of people in the, that worked in entertainment. Um, and so he kind of cornered two people from Sony mm-hmm. and said like, this movie is, it's like a great script. And the fact that the three of us are Asian means that we should get this made. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I wonder if that's related to the fact that um, either is a result or a cause. Of, like, one thing I really liked is that race was not brought up in this movie, really. At least Asian. Like, this was not a movie for white people to see how Asian people get treated by white people. Or mm-hmm. even for Asian people to show other Asian people, hey, you know when white people treat us like this? Like, white people were not part of the narrative. Yeah. Um, it was just about like here are these communities that exist in New York, in Queens, that are really rich and self-contained, and are their own worlds. Um, and then the only time they really did talk about race was the anti-blackness within mm-hmm. the Asian community. And I was like, this is, uh, yeah, it just it felt ahead of its time. Feels like a weird word to use, but like we're not even talking about that now, really. Like Asian representation yeah. right now does feel like it's centered around like a victimization narrative and we're only looking at how Asian people are treated by white people and not how Asian people treat black people. Yeah. Yeah. That scene really stuck out to me. I thought it was, um, yeah. Ahead of his time is a weird word, but it, it is. Cause I feel like that's still something we don't talk about in just conversation about the yeah. Asian community. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and what was interesting, too, when she had to really fight to keep the cast Asian, really, of course, because <laughs> she said that they wanted it to be essentially uh, my, what's that, Greek Big wedding? Big, yeah, so she they wanted it to be like that, and oh. so that they could cast a Reese Witherspoon type oh. as um, Will, and... And guess what star was rumored to be her freaking girlfriend? Scarjo, are you joking? I am not joking. Oh, oh. 
my god. Dude, she's like a stalker of Asian people as a race. Like, she's obsessed with us. I'm just saying it runs so deep. Yeah. It's insane. We don't even, I feel like we don't even know how deep it goes. Like, you know? what are the other roles that she was in talks to do? Like, was she going to be in Crazy Rich? Was she going to be in Joy Lock? Probably. Is that oh insane? God. Call but, get your girl. <laughs> Rain her in. <laughs> um, yeah, but she had to fight so hard, so hard. Um, to keep it Asian. And they really, really wanted, even the producer that was the head of, that she hooked up with, that was the head of um, uh, Will mm-hmm. Smith's production company, he even was like, maybe make it, make the girlfriend white so then mm-hmm. we can get a star. And mm-hmm. she said, absolutely not. If the girlfriend's white, then it becomes a movie about race. Yeah. Wow. Fuck yeah, Alice Wu. Like, yeah. I might have been a little bit bored during both of your movies, but you were fighting the good fight. Yeah, and I think what is really cool about her, too, is that the script screenwriting director uh, the screenwriting professor that she uh, wrote saving face in his class said you have to get this made but make sure you're the one to direct it because mm-hmm. that's how you'll have the most control of the story mm-hmm. and she had never directed anything wow you know and this was like her first feature well i don't know if she had never directed anything but this was her first feature right and to be making these like no no resources for no, yeah. no Scarjo. You know these huge stars and these big demands. She said that her remaining the director was non-negotiable. Wow! Fuck yeah, dude, that is amazing. Like, uh, that is awesome. I like her so much. Like everything mm-hmm. I learned about her is good. Um, also, can we talk for one moment about? Dude, when her mom steps out to go on her date, I gasped. My jaw dropped. She's one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my entire life. I know. I think I just screamed, he wishes. Yeah. <laughs> he was not. Because <laughs> was, I was like, come on. This guy? This is You cannot be dressing up for the bad guy. Oh, she looked I just was like, this woman is so beautiful. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't get over it. I, I truly, like, I can't remember the last time I saw a woman that beautiful. And I see beautiful women every day on TV. Yeah. Yeah, her mom was gorgeous. Stunning. And, like, looked, probably, you know, Asian don't raisin, raisin, but, like, she didn't, she looked like she was in her 40s. Like, she didn't, she wasn't trying to look younger. Like, she was trying to look her age and beautiful. Yeah. I also, but I was also, like, I mean, I'm sure I would believe she's 48, but I would also believe if they said she was 35, I'd believe it. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe, maybe she's not 48, but I believe, yeah. But she, you know, she was older than Will. Yes. It's true. Yeah. 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 It was very beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I did like I did like her and they had very good chemistry like they just she was really warm and loving there's a lot of stuff that I think 
we have seen in like crazy rotations or other things where I'm like, I've never seen anyone do this before. Like this is brand new. And like Alice who has been doing this the whole time. Yeah. She's doing I, um, yeah, I think that's what part of it was so impressive to me was just how I was like, Oh wow. <laughs> She's, she did this 13 years before yeah. we were all like, no one's done anything, you know? I, and yeah, I really wish have, that. Yeah. I know. I, I wish we had given her any sort of credit when Crazy Rich was around, you know, was coming out. Totally. And also, like, I know if I were in her position and someone was like, we're attaching Reese Witherspoon, I'd be like, whatever you say, like, I'm obviously lucky to be here. But for her to yeah. be like, no, that ruins the story. And I'm like, you hired me to do a job and I don't have to be grateful to you guys. Like, I'm here to do this job well because I know how to do it better than you. Yeah. And that was something that she said about her producers. She was like, producers are there to find funding. Um, I'm handling the story <laughs> pretty much. Because wow. she said that in, in regards to like the big fat Greek wedding she says, I mean, strip away the cultural castings of anyone. I think we really want the same things, but mm-hmm. the specific details keep things emotionally authentic. Totally. And I think to have that kind of awareness for your first feature, mm-hmm. your first script, like that mm-hmm. is really impressive. And I think. And when there isn't other good examples out there, like this is just from her own analysis. Yes. Yeah, 100%. I really think that her directing is she's such a strong director. Yes. Yes. And I think her writing in this movie was was really strong. Um yeah. I didn't feel like the writing was as strong in the half of it, but um yeah, I don't know. I just felt like something about this story definitely felt more connected to her as a writer than it did for the half of it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I wonder if her next movie is also going to have the, like, bookish lesbian lead, also an interruption in a church scene and the end of the third act. Her little, I don't know what else I'm going to consider to be Alice Wu-isms, but I did like the, I love the parallels there. <laughs> oh, I didn't mm-hmm. even think about that, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah? Yeah. I also, I mean, I said this to you when we watched, or when I watched Normal People... And I was like, there's one part where Connell has sex with an Asian girl, Asian woman. And I was like, I have not, I don't think I've ever seen a sex scene with an Asian woman in it. And we got a sex scene that was two Asian women two Asian and women. nobody else. It wasn't two Asian women and some guy. It was just uh-uh. two Asian women pleasuring each other for real. Yeah, I <laughs> I was like, Nako, I'm sure flipped at this part. <laughs> I'm sure she was really excited. Freaking out. Man. Freaking out. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I that was unthinkable to me. And again, it was there my whole childhood. Like this has existed this whole time. That was crazy. And then she gets a call from her mom. That's a third Asian woman. A very uh, empowering scene for Asian women. Yeah. I mean, truly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I love the generations aspect of it too. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, all of it I just really enjoyed. Very much enjoyed it. And I, yeah, I'm in the same boat. Where I just cannot believe I mm-hmm. had never heard of this before the half of it came out. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it felt like a really, I don't know, it feels like a pretty classic early 2000s movie. Like it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like, how have I heard of stupid fucking Francis Ha, but not this movie? Like, they kind of accomplished the same, like, tone. But yeah. one movie is horrible and has my enemy, Greta Gerwig, in it. And one movie is this, like, beautiful commentary on, like, the relationship between female generations within the Chinese community and Queens. Yeah. I've never seen Francis Ha. I'm also not a uh, Greta Gerwig stan. Oh. I'm not. I feel like I haven't. I didn't know that about you, so. Whoa. It's, look, she's committed a few strikes against me. One was, obviously, Isle of Dogs. I'm mm-hmm. obviously more mad at Wes Anderson than her, but she had the most racist role in that film, I feel. Um, yeah. I don't remember what my other grievances with her were, but I didn't really care about Lady Bird. That's not her fault. That was more just everyone was like, it's the best movie of all time, and I was like, this is fine. Um, and then Little Women, similarly. My sister was like, you are the only person I know who didn't love it. And I was like, is everyone else you're talking to a white woman? And she was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but Zach Rovner told me, like, you will love Frances Ha. I can't picture a world where you're not going to like Frances Ha. Which is technically, like, anything that's about a young woman living in New York, I'm pretty much on board for. But I was like, mm-hmm. this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> it's like with Lena Dunham, where I was like, maybe it's satire, the characters that she's doing. But then I watched enough different Lena Dunham projects where I was like, no, you agree with your protagonist. And what you have revealed to me is that you're annoying. Yeah, I feel all the same ways about that. Because I similarly was told um, about Little Women. Oh, everybody loves it. Everybody I follow on Letterboxd is giving it five stars. And I thought it was fine. I, yeah. you know, but I'm, I also told Jordan after we watched it, like, I am not, you know, I think more as I watch more Asian American media mm-hmm. and I actually get to watch some of my experiences on mm-hmm. screen, mm-hmm. the less and less I am like, okay, I guess I relate to these white women in this Holy. pioneer age. You know, it's like, I, I don't have to stretch myself as much to be like, yeah, I love that movie, I guess, because it has a bunch of women in it, and that's, I'm a woman, and, you know. Yeah. And I guess that's how it is. But yeah. But the more I am able to, I feel like the renaissance we're in of Asian American media shows and movies, I get to see that actually have people that look like me and yeah. experience things that I've experienced mm-hmm. or my family's experienced, mm-hmm. the more I'm like, well... Little Women's just not for me. Yeah. And I Greta Gerwig's movies just sometimes aren't for me. Yeah. And I think you're hitting something very important, which is that the main thing I had a problem with Lady Bird, I think, was that someone, it felt like the, the narrative around it was like, finally, a movie for like, that's relatable for these people that have been ignored this whole time, which is like middle class white women. And I was like, it is fine to say, like, this is a movie for middle-class white women that is an underrepresented group, but for you to say, like, Mm -hmm. every woman should be grateful that this movie is finally here, 
Anytime yeah. so I feel like someone is trying to speak for a larger group than I think they need to, or they're trying to speak for me and I don't agree with them, I Yeah, I think Greta Gerwig is being seen as like this is the female director now. And that is like not her fault that she's only the second one in a decade right. to be nominated for an Oscar. But I am like, she is a female director. She does not speak for me just because I'm a woman and I like movies. And I almost wish she would sort of her and Lena Dunham, I wish instead of being like, finally, I'm speaking for women that have never been spoken for before, if they were like, I'm tackling a specific thing, like, I'm really only speaking for white women, mm-hmm. then I would be like, totally, these are experiences They're that awesome. are specific to white women, and we should definitely be interacting with this space and telling these stories. But when you say you're speaking for all women, you're fucking not. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, I don't know. Because I, I personally, uh, you know, I know Greta was snubbed from the uh, directors uh, for the Oscars, but I personally was more outraged that Lulu Wong was snubbed. <laughs> totally, totally, dude. I so cannot like- believe Every single person who saw The Farewell was like, how did this not get awards? Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, Greta got screenplay. She got a ton. And yeah, best picture, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, she was she was making out like a bandit. Yes. But Lulu Wong oh, totally yeah. snubbed in, in every single way. Totally. And, like, not nearly enough recognition for, like, how fucking on the nose it was that the U.S. viewed it as a foreign film and that China mm-hmm. was like, this is for Americans, we don't care. Like, yeah. story of Asian American people's lives and, like, we're not going to look at that for a second, we're just going to be complicit and move on. And yeah. separately, really telling all the white women who were like, look at this director's thing, all men. Like, dude, Taika Waititi, one of the first mm-hmm. like, indigenous directors to ever be nominated, if not the exactly. first. And then there was someone else. There was another director of color on there. I don't remember who. Bong Joon-ho. Yes, literally. Like, so, yeah, we should have had Lulu Wong. We should have had women on there. We should have more women for the Oscars, absolutely. But I, if I hear a white woman being like, why aren't there enough women? I'm like, you need to finish your sentence or I'm not going to listen to the rest of what you say. And the yeah. finishing your sentence yeah. has to be, and also people of color. Yeah. I have a, I feel like we, we gotta, when we do the farewell, we gotta talk about the Oscars, because I have a whole other, like, so many more grievances about the farewell not getting anything, and, like, yeah, and Paris, and the relationship with Parasite and the Oscars, and I think, obviously, Parasite should have swept, and I'm so glad it did, Yeah. but I also think it's very telling that the Mm -hmm. fully, like, foreign film that Parasite Mm -hmm. is swept Mm -hmm. and then the American made movie about Mm -hmm. Asian Americans got Mm -hmm. nothing yeah yes there's a lot to speak on there I was literally just talking about this with my dad the other day um of just this weird like favoritism for Asian nationals over Asian Americans but only in the context of like movie sales and I'm like don't act like you care about these Asian nationals you've never cared about them except for when you're using them as an excuse to disqualify the Asian American experience yeah and not to mention they didn't nominate a single person in the Parasite cast yes 
the first time that that has happened where it was nominated for Best Picture and no one in the cast was nominated. The last time that happened, Slumdog Millionaire. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I think it, yeah. Obviously, Parasite should have swept more categories, mm-hmm. I think. But mm-hmm. The Farewell should have also been nominated. Totally. That's all. I think that's all we're saying. That's all we're saying, man. That's all we're saying. Um, yeah. I think I also recently have watched two documentaries about representation. One was Disclosure. It's about trans representation. Yes. And, that's a uh, great doc. I liked it. And then I watched Crip Camp, which is about mm-hmm. um, representation for differently abled people. And I was like, oh, as much as I we have this whole podcast for Asian representation and how it's really lacking, even with all the progress that's been made, mm-hmm. like, man, if I were handicapped or trans, like, they've got scraps in terms of representation. Like, and I'm only just starting to think about, like, yeah, we have very few, like, I don't know, just there's so many groups where I'm like, we don't have any of this shit. And when I see like white women and Jewish people being the two main groups that do this of just like, I'm only out here to get my nut and I don't actually want equality. I want equality for me and the people at the top. I don't care Mm -hmm. about anyone below me having it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I also do this because I literally before watching these documentaries was almost never thinking about representation for I mean, even, like, and, like, I, something that I, I think growing up in Montana, we had a, you know, big population of Native Americans, and that's, there's, like, nothing, absolutely nothing. Yeah. In terms of representation for them. Totally. Or Pacific Islanders, or Middle Eastern people, or South Asian people. Like, there are all these other groups that are getting nothing in terms of representation. Yeah. Yeah, it's true, and I think we were very very lucky to have i mean joy luck club saving face Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. crazy rich these big Mm -hmm. movies that so many other groups do not even get really and have not even had yeah absolutely yeah so obviously we want more for everybody um absolutely yeah yeah but then i look at people and i'm like does Greta want more for everybody? Me thinks no. You know, I I would hope. But the movies, two movies I've seen from her, very white. So, yeah. I don't know. White. And you one, know I mean, one's probably not totally her fault. I mean, Little Women is set in <laughs> pioneer time, so what can you really do, I'm sure. But, yeah. Well, I think she should probably, her next project, I'd like to see her do an all-female reboot of Marriage Story. <laughs> I think that's what feminists need. So, well, yeah, you know, and it's actually just the cast is ScarJo playing every character. Besides Laura Dern, she <laughs> six extra scenes. Laura Dern plays all the lawyers, and ScarJo <laughs> plays the couple, all the, the couple yeah. and the <laughs> child. Yeah. Yeah. Also the child. <laughs> Jesus, damn Christ. Oh, that movie was such a waste of time for me. That's yeah, not Greta's yeah, fault, but I'm mad at her. That's literally not her fault at all, but... <laughs> Listen, as someone who found the squid and the whale after my parents got divorced, uh, 
I rely on Noah to be my sort of divorce representation. And for him to make a representation of divorce that didn't exactly align with mine, uh, you failed me. You said you spoke for all people who were going through a divorce, but you did not speak for my parents. And so for that reason, you're canceled. R.I.P. Noah. R.I.P. <laughs> Noah. He's got one more shot. He can do one more where it's Scar Joe playing an Asian American woman <laughs> and Adam Driver playing a Jew dad getting a divorce. And it has to be exactly like my parents. And that's what it's going to take for him to be redeemed. Uh, you should definitely tweet at him. Let him know that. <laughs> yeah. Make sure he knows so you can get working on that in quarantine. <laughs> Feedback. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, when Colin comes on, we'll have him pass along. And yeah, yeah, Colin can pass along. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you give this? Okay. Um, in terms of was Ramen the representation one? Uh, yeah, I think so. I believe so. I would give us a five out of five ramen bowls. Yeah. This this was incredible representation. Um. It, like, had very, being Asian had very little to do with the plot, but almost everything to do with, like, the characters mm-hmm. and the way that they interact with each other. And I recently, <laughs> I've been trying to get advice from a lot of my friends about something, and I called my sister and I was like, am I being crazy or is this, like, really white advice that I'm being given? And she was like, no, do not listen to your white friends on this. Like, they don't understand what's happening. <laughs> um, And I was like, yeah, I guess they just, like, think, like, I just have growing up always gotten a lot of advice from my white friends of being like, why don't you just talk back to your parents? And I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Um, And so I think there are ways where just, like, Asian people treat their parents in a way that is different, and it's not overt, and it would never be mentioned or plot related. But in this movie, the respect for older generations was palpable. Mm -hmm. So if I've had a on that... um, and for fans, I'll give it a three out of five. It was good. I would probably watch it again, but only like with my mom or with you or something. What about you? Uh, for Roman, I agree. Definitely five. Five mm-hmm. out of five. Mm-hmm. Trailblazer. Mm-hmm. Um, for fans, is that what it was? Songs? I, um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, I would give it a four. That's what I gave it on Letterbox. Ooh. Follow me on Letterbox if you anybody i'm emily emily walborn anyone listening if you want to follow me on letterbox i'll follow you back um because i love more people in my feed so (laughs) oh okay i have to go i have to not go i have to put more into letterbox soon because i um i've just been writing them all down on paper and i need to put them all in here i always forget to put stuff on here um yeah i I see what very fun american pickle how was it i really want to watch that that one was uh, wacky. I liked it. Okay. okay, you gave it three and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, definitely takes a second to be like, okay, he's playing both people. Got it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I love Seth Rogen. I think he's great. So. I also love, like, I think when I, first, when I was in high school and I was getting into writing stuff, every story I did was some kind of, like, magical realism of just like someone is living their normal life and then something sort of supernatural happens to them that is like mm-hmm. always going to be my favorite kind of story so i'm excited yeah it's uh that part of it is very funny for sure like the first 
20 minutes are really wacky and hilarious. Okay. And then it has, like, a lot of heart, so. It looks like it. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely made me cry. From the producers of 50-50, I was like, okay, it's going to be this side of Seth. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. Wow. Very good. Finally, the Jewish representation we deserve <laughs> that we've been clamoring for. I And I love um Sarah Snook. Or Sadie Snook? I don't know. The girl from Succession. The woman from Succession. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. I love her. And I'm glad she's in stuff. Yeah, other than Succession. But Succession mm-hmm. is great. I wanted to come back. I just was talking to someone today about, like, what's in production and what's not. Like, Bachelor's mm-hmm. in production right now. Um. Um, and I'm like... I need Succession to be in production. I need Riverdale to be in production. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need Bachelor. I need the show specifically that I want to watch. <laughs> a safe way to shoot. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, tune in next time. We're we'll going to talk in the Meg. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing the Meg. Um, Colin has promised to come on next time too so be sure to listen for that and if he doesn't come on get mad at him for breaking his promise yes it'd be great if everybody could just tweet at him constantly (laughs) that he keeps breaking his promise for coming on because he promises every single week he tells us every single week we I sort of say out loud hey Colin come on the podcast and if you agree say nothing does he say anything yeah. back? No, he doesn't. And that's mm-hmm. called he agreed to come on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. And, like, we do the pre-interview with him and everything, and then he flakes. So be sure to really do a full Twitter storm on him. Yeah. And I get that he's camera shy. I get that he doesn't feel like he has a voice for radio. He's but, so you know. camera shy. Yeah. <laughs> he's really timid, and we need to coax him out of there. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, we want him to be as comfortable as possible on our podcast, so be sure to tweet at him. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk to Meg, then we'll talk to Colin. Yeah, we're going to, it's going to be Colin Jost on the Meg. (laughs) Good. Um, Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Asian